Hey there, my name is Mei Ling. I'm a certified life coach and trauma-trained practitioner, as well as options trader, and welcome to my podcast, Finding Freedom in the Hologram. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode four of season six. Today, we're going to talk about Alex Honnold. Yes, free solo climbing lessons. <laughs> now, for those of you who literally, you must have been living under some kind of isolated rock <laughs> if you don't know who Alex Honnold is because he's one of the most amazing outdoor climbers in the history of climbing. If you have Netflix, he has a show, a documentary called Free Solo. I believe it was made in 2018. And finally, enough traders. If you use TradingView <laughs> and you log into TradingView, it actually shows him in the front. TradingView, they had they have the motto, look before you leap, which I love. <laughs> it really appeals to me, that branding of TradingView, um, because I love adventure. So let's talk about Alex Honnold. What can we learn from him? His tenacity, the ability to climb the way he does, the ability to break records the way he does. So Alex's journey into climbing started when he was quite young. He grew up in Sacramento in California and he was purported to be a very active child who enjoyed climbing trees and scrambling up anything he could find. And he started climbing in a gym when he was around 10 and then soon became climbing outdoors in nearby locations like in the Sierra Nevada. So do take note of that. His passion for climbing started when he was young. Now, if you think about where you are now and what you're trying to do, if you can tie a little bit of your mission, of your goal, to something, you know, like something that you've always wanted to do since young, something has fascinated and caught your attention since young, that actually strengthens the ties into how long you can persist into pursuing it because it's something that you've always wanted to do as a kid. So for Alex, his passion for climbing grew steadily and he dedicated more time to the sport as he got older. He lived in his van for a period, using it as a base to travel around and climb at various locations around the US. So he has a very clear commitment to climbing and he's continuously pursuing more and more challenging routes on the rock. And this actually led him to become one of the most renowned free solo climbers in the world. Because his name really burst into the scene, like he became so good you couldn't ignore when he did the famous free solo climb of El Capitan's free rider route in Yosemite National Park. I remember his name coming up and everybody, because I think at that time I was learning how to mountaineer, going up bigger and bigger mountains, 4,000, 5,000 meters. And when I go on international trips like to Peru and Nepal, all my international accredited mountain guides were talking about Alex and how my guides themselves started rock climbing before they learned mountaineering skills and you know Alex is really a legend in the industry. So Alex's dedication, his relentless practice and a mindset focus on improvement enabled him to achieve such feats within the world of rock climbing. While acknowledging that yes, you know, his body type, the leanness, right? He, that he possesses certain physical attributes that might actually lend themselves well to climbing. And even his finger strength and agility, 
he tends to downplay the idea of being inherently gifted or naturally talented. Which is a really funny thing because this is like, is it the chicken or the egg that came first? (laughs) Because he spent so much time dedicating himself to the practice of improving climbing, of improving his finger strength, of improving his agility, that now you think, oh, is his ability now the wryness of his muscles because he spent so much practicing since he was 10? Like we all know um, gymnasts, the Olympic gymnasts, right? When, especially the females, it's, it's very prominent that you can see if you've practiced from a very young age, even though they might be full adult females, their body is still quite small. You know, they're still quite petite, right? But it's because of a lifelong practice of gymnastics, right? The particular type of exercises and what they put their body through that results in them when they grow up, when they become an adult, their body still maintains this, this small frame. So with Alex having started climbing and climbing everything he could since he was 10, you kind of wonder what what happened first. He downplays the idea of being naturally gifted. I love the idea that he goes, I've put in the practice. I've kept honing my skills. And this is why I excel in climbing. Because yes, you know, when I look around, yes, there will be a lot of people who look like they are naturally gifted, they've got upper body strength, they'll be able to climb, but are they willing to put in the work the way Alex does? Are they willing to to like, he lived around the US in a van, you know, that's how much dedication, how much climbing lit up his soul that he was willing to do that. He made sacrifices along the way. So his mindset revolves around continuous improvement. It's like, I'm good, but how can I be better? And he was always continually pushing his limits rather than relying solely on like, yeah, you know, I have good strength and agility and just purely relying on that. He kept pushing his limits. Now, I do want to pause and make a point here that whenever we want to go slightly out of our comfort zone in order to grow, we can't be too comfortable. We need to do something different. We need to try something different. Think about it like an elastic band. We always want to stretch, but never snap. I'm going to repeat myself. We always want to stretch, but never snap, okay? So let's think about the way Alex trains. And I love the whole season six is about how we can use sports analogies because a lot of it is very useful. You can, what you do in the gym, you can actually think about your brain, how you can practice in your brain, like a brain gym. Number one, Alex focuses on physical training, strength and endurance specifically for climbing. So he targets specific exercises like finger strength, flexibility, overall body conditioning. So hangboard workouts, right? Campus board exercises, weightlifting, cardio, and even yoga. Because, you know, sometimes you have to stretch and, and your foot has to go somewhere, a foothold, and you're in this weird contorted positions on the rock. I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried rock climbing. It's really fun. And hey, if you've never tried and you don't think that it might be for you, I would say that actually going to an indoor climbing gym, trying it for the first time or at least once is something that allows you to stretch but not snap. So you can actually put yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone and see how that goes for you. I must admit, because I did a lot of things that put me in my discomfort zone physically before I started trading, 
So I went whitewater rafting, I went mountaineering, I went scuba diving, backpacking in countries that English wasn't the language, you know, so I had to learn French and Spanish. I, I moved around Egypt, you know, I learned basic Arabic. All of these things that I put myself through really made me frustrated sometimes, you know, not being able to communicate what I wanted, feeling fearful that I'll miss my flight or miss the announcement because it was in French or Spanish or something like that. But that built my resilience muscle. Talking about the brain gym, it actually exercises that muscle and my resilience and my grit. And having overcome all of that during my travels, during my adventure travels, skills have now transferred when I'm in my office, when I'm trading in front of my computer, constantly doing other things in the urban environment that also has stresses, even though it's a different kind of stress. But now my body goes, hey, we've overcome so many different things. This is just another thing. We can do this. Number two, technical skills. So we know we need technical analysis skills in trading. And for rock climbing, Alex definitely refines his climbing techniques, right? So he tries on different types of rock, climbing in diverse climbing scenarios. So different styles and footwork. And he's always trying to find new strategies and expose himself to different things so that he knows, ah, when I come across this type of rock now, I know what to do. So I would liken this for us traders as being in the simulator environment when you're paper trading, okay? Expose yourself to the different things, like what happens when I buy one contract versus what happens when I buy 10 contracts, right? See what happens. Get used to the number that you're seeing on the screen, be it positive, be it negative, and see how your heart feels, <laughs> your heart racing or not, like, and your emotions, right? When you see, whoa, minus 20, minus 200, minus 2,000, how does that feel for you? And start to note that because each one of us have a, has a different money thermostat. We have different capabilities of dealing with different amounts of money. This is very individual. So in my coaching program for my clients, you know, I go through these steps individually for all of them. They have worksheets to do and they, they, can, they can better tune in and figure out what are the sensitivities for their feelings and the emotions around money. So you need to expose yourself to these different environments, just like Alex, to figure out how you respond under times of stress and money tied together. Number three, mental preparation. So as you can imagine, when you're up on a flat rock <laughs> and it's a long way down, it requires remarkable mental discipline. Alex practices visualization techniques. Again, I can't stress this. This is so important, being able to visualize. So he mentally rehearses climbs beforehand, imagining each move and scenario. And he works on controlling the fear, his emotions, and maintaining focus and concentration, especially during the extremely risky free solo climbs. Now, in case you guys don't know what free solo means, it means that there is no ropes. <laughs> Like, nobody is down below belaying him. There's no safety net. It's not like in the circus where you go flying through the trapeze and there's a safety net. He has to rely on himself, on this like almost vertical piece of rock that's almost smooth with very little handholds. First of all, that's damn ballsy. It requires guts to even attempt that. And second of all, to do that under extreme conditions... And your body, you know, like you, how you're using your muscles, the lactic acid it builds up. It's both physical and mental stress. 
And that's why we all applaud Alex on his free solo climbs and achievements. Now, risk assessment. So imagine if you were Alex's parent. <laughs> it's like, what is my son doing? But, you know, Alex knows. He trusts himself. He knows what his body can do. And he assesses risks and prepares for the climb, having a thorough understanding of the route, knowing beforehand what the weather conditions are, and any potential hazards. So he does set up a strict safety protocol. He has a plan for himself. Just like my traders, you need to have a plan for yourselves and stick to that plan. And also have a contingency plan in case you don't stick to that plan. <laughs> you know, and by contingency plan, I mean first get out and exit that trade. If, you're, if you find that you've lost a lot of money or if it's an overnight gap and it's going in the opposite direction, that's number one. And number two, give yourself time to process what just went on, how you're feeling, soothe your nervous system. That is very important as well. And then think about when am I, when will I be ready to get back on the horse again, to go back to trading again? Because guys, you're going to fall down. You're going to experience losses. But it's not about the falling down and how many times the falling down. It's about how many times do you get back up again? Are you willing to show up? Are, we willing, are you willing to persist? That's the most important. Okay. And of course, in Alex's case, he focuses also on nutrition and recovery, pays attention to his diet. He gets the necessary nutrients for optimal performance and recovery. I can imagine that protein <laughs> plays a big part in his diet and making sure he has adequate rest and recovery. It's like if you have a, an extremely strenuous session at the gym and all this lactic acid builds up and the next day you're like, whoa, <laughs> even, even swinging your legs out of bed was like, wow, I can feel my soreness and going down the stairs. <laughs> when I do a really tough um, lower body workout, I can feel that. So I know I need to recover. I know that that day is not a day where I'm going to be like running on a treadmill or, or running up hills, right? I'm going to recover and maybe do some light movement, light walking, swimming, um, yin yoga to sort of nourish myself to feel good and to recover, but recover in an active way. Now, consistent practice. I can't emphasize this enough. Alex practices climbing indoors and outdoors and he's consistent with it. So for your lifestyle, are you consistently looking at your charts? Are you consistently charting, doing your technical analysis? Are you consistently having your pre-market and post-market, pre-trade and post-trade routines? How are you nourishing yourself and how are you creating these habits, these good habits that you want to have? How consistent are you? And lastly, mindfulness and meditation. Mental clarity, focus and managing stress is important for rock climbing, especially the kind of rock climbing that Alex does. And of course, this can also be transferred into trading as well. One aspect this time in this episode I want to also focus on is what happens when an athlete doesn't reach his own expectations. Because for a lot of us, that's how traders feel. You know, a lot of traders come to me in the beginning saying that I'm really ambitious and I'm actually really disappointed that I have not been able to get the desired results that I want in my trading. I'm so successful in my career. I'm so successful in when back in college, I know I'm smart, but how come with trading, I just can't, I can't be consistently profitable. And that's when they come for me and ask me for help. And part of my coaching is I teach them how to think about 
setbacks as setups in the future so that you can actually have a foundation of learning and growth. So you falling short of your own expectations is actually an opportunity instead of a failure. So we're reframing things. So how does Alex does it then? Number one, reflection and analysis. So he thinks about his performance. Perhaps he has a time frame and maybe he went longer than expected. And then he thinks about, hmm, what went right? What went wrong? What could have been done differently? Doesn't that sound familiar? (laughs) That sounds like the trading journal I tell my clients, right? And what you should be doing as well. And then when you reflect on that, then you can make adjustments and improvements for the next trade. Also, Alex adapts and adjusts his training to approach and address the areas where he fell short. For example, in my case, when there's daylight savings and the timeframes change, I went from trading on a New York exchange where it's like relatively okay time for my time zone, all of a sudden it's the middle of the night for me. How can I adjust so that I get the most appropriate sleep and still be able to function like a normal human being (laughs) the rest of the time? How can I make sure that I get in and get out and make my profit and enjoy the rest of my life, enjoy the rest of the hours that I do have? So I tweak and I adapt according to my lifestyle. And that's what you need to think about too when you are trading. When is your best times of the day where you're the most focused? Think about that and your approach to trading. So Alex also maintains a balanced perspective. He understands that setbacks are a natural part of a pursuit. Of course, if it was so easy, everybody would be the most amazing climber. (laughs) And if it was so easy, everybody would be a multi-millionaire trading now. Are you willing to persist? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to get there? Maybe sometimes this trading is not for you. What else could be your your alternative? Be kind to yourself and be curious. Don't judge yourself. I always tell my clients, when you are reflecting on your performance and what you want to do and what you want to achieve, and you're looking at the end of your trading journal every week or every month, it is a no-judgment zone. It is just data. All you're doing is leveraging that data so that it serves you, so that it's useful to you. Not to judge yourself. The next thing is resilience and perseverance. Now, the sheer act of rock climbing requires <laughs> resilience and perseverance, okay? So it's a verse, both a physical thing and a mental thing when it comes to rock climbing or mountaineering. I remember I did this four-day Blue Mountains rock climbing course. So the very first time I rock climbed, it was outdoors in the Blue Mountains near Sydney. And I remember going there and the first day it snowed. <laughs> so we were all on harness and on ropes and I had my helmet on and, I, and all of a sudden I saw snow around me and I looked up, you know, on the rock like, great, it's snowing. And I tell you guys, every night when I came back to my accommodation, I stayed at a local y, YWCA. I booked, uh, you can book a single room for yourself. I stayed the longest time having a hot shower because muscles that I didn't even know existed felt sore. And my fingers were all torn up. The skin had torn. It was bloody. I had to like wrap my fingers up every day. Can you imagine? The first day it already feels like that. And yet the second day, the third day, the final day, right? I kept going back because I was determined. I had invested in that course. I have a goal of climbing the Matterhorn in Switzerland one day. And I read that to climb the Matterhorn, you need, you need to be technically good in rock climbing. 
you need to be able to climb rock while you're wearing your mountaineering boots. Because I read up on that, I'm trying to prepare myself as best as I can. Now, that was actually quite a few years ago, but, you know, so climbing the Matterhorn as a goal is now like lower on my rung, on my list of priorities, but it's still there. And I still booked this course while I could and I did it. And I'm actually really proud of myself to have completed that course because I really pushed myself. I didn't know what was possible, right? And I, I've torn some some clothes in the process because I was pushing against rock, sharp rock, but I don't regret it. In my head, I blew my own mind which is what I also encourage all of my clients to do, is to, when you're at that elastic band and you go outside your comfort zone and you're stretching yourself, at the same time, at the end of that, instead of snapping, I want you to realize, damn, that was awesome. I just blew my own mind. (laughs) The last point I do want to make is that even though Alex Honnold is largely self-taught, he has sought advice and support. Okay, so he sought advice from other fellow climbers like Peter Croft, who was also known for his free solo ascents in the Sierra Nevada. And Peter had a very profound influence on Honnold. He inspired Alex. Tommy Cardwell, both are very prominent climbers and they shared experiences, including some high-profile expeditions. So their climbing styles might have differed a lot, but they learned a lot from each other. Steph Davis who is an accomplished climber and free soloist herself, has spoken in depth with Honnold about climbing and risk management. And other various climbers who Alex meets when he's out there in the wilderness on the rock. (laughs) I think the climbing community is very cool, you know. Like, we kind of understand that we are risk takers, we get out there, and we voluntarily put ourselves through this. (laughs) But at the same time, it's, it's a challenge between you and the rock. Is a challenge between you and what you previously mentally had this self-image of yourself or what you can and cannot do. And when you break through that and you realize that you've blown apart your pre-misconceptions of what your limits were, it truly has a profound impact on you. Just like trading, guys, if you persist and you have a breakthrough and you realize how amazingly wonderful you're now able to turn on this money tap for yourself... Whatever you want in life, you can just turn on the money tap from the market and grab what you need from the market. But you need to have the discipline. You need to have the commitment. Otherwise, every other person would be doing that right now. It's not that easy, but are you willing to pursue? Are you willing to persist so that you can achieve this so that your life will be easier? So do the hard thing now so that your future self can have it easy. (laughs) Now, How does Alex actually manage his personal life and his climbing life, right? Because he sounds, I think for some of you guys, you might think, wow, this guy just sounds really intense. So he does prioritize his time and he has supportive relationships. And this I do have to emphasize. Having supportive relationships, be it your partner, your spouse, your children, having good friendships, Really, really, really supportive relationships is very important while you're pursuing something that's very challenging for you. And then mindfulness, again. So when you prioritize your personal connections, other leisure activities, creativity and fun where you don't have the burden of being, of producing like your personal best time or something like, or breaking a record, to have moments of relaxation and say, hey, aren't I so lucky that I have the opportunity to pursue this? Isn't this amazing? Let that settle in. Now, this has been quite a lot in this episode. (laughs) 
but I hope you find it truly useful and let me know in your comments, you know, DM me on Instagram. I would love to hear your comments. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. Bye.